It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Thursday, June 17th, 2021. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. The Alaska legislature passed a budget Wednesday, June 16th, narrowly averting a shutdown of state government. But two big issues remain unsettled the permanent fund dividend payment to residents this fall, and a special fund called Power Cost Equalization, or PCE for short. KCAW's Robert Woolsey spoke with Sitka Senator Bert Stedman about the impasse and filed this report. Senator Bert Stedman headed the conference committee that hammered out the budget agreement between Senate Majority and Minority Caucuses earlier this week, which would have paid an $1,100 dividend but only after a relatively small draw on a state savings account called the Constitutional Budget Reserve, or CBR. But it takes a three-quarters majority vote in the legislature to take money out of the CBR, and Stedman says the votes were not there. So the dividend has been short-funded and would be under $600 if nothing changes. I'm, for one, not interested in a $574 dividend. It's way too small. Um, an 1100 dividend uh, is a little more reasonable, and it'd be nice to straighten our finances out a little more and get the dividend up from there. Stedman says that rail belt legislators want a much higher dividend, $2,300, and they're going after power cost equalization to find it. PCE is a large pot of money, an endowment, whose earnings offset the high cost of power primarily in far western Alaska, But Stedman also says communities like Tenakee, Cake, and Angoon benefit from PCE. Currently, the fund stands at just over $1 billion. And they want to spend the money. So they're trying to block or or terminate the power cost equalization. And that was put together as an agreement with the rail belt when the rail belt got a lot of energy infrastructure built along with um, Kodiak, uh, with a dam, uh, Swan Tai in southeast. Green, Green Lake was in the, at the same, in the same time frame. Green Lake is one of Sitka's two hydroelectric projects. A lot of this disagreement in the legislature is more regional than partisan. Many of those pushing back on the budget agreement are, like Stedman, Republicans. Governor Dunleavy is also a Republican, but Stedman does not have any faith in the governor's proposal to split permanent fund earnings between state government and dividends, the so-called 50-50 plan. The governor's 50-50 plan, the math doesn't work. He has huge taxes that are embedded in his plan that he's not disclosing where the taxes are going to come from, income tax or sales tax or, or what have you. And... The budget reductions, he refuses to identify. Stedman says his preferred approach is to continue with no taxes and to have a sustainable dividend stream from the earnings of the permanent fund. Stedman says that the governor has already put the legislature on call for a special session in August to settle the permanent fund and power cost equalization issues. After that, he expects the conference committee to come together again in October to work on rewriting the dividend formula. We need to stabilize that issue, he said, so we can go on and work on other things. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Southeast Alaska's visitor industry was hamstrung by COVID-19, and Wrangell has been no exception. But as KSTK's Sage Smiley reports, the borough used some of its federal pandemic relief to invest in attracting future visitors to the small island community. What is Wrangell? 
who is Wrangell? And why should anyone come here? The brand is so much more than just the logo. Convention and Visitor Bureau member Brooke Leslie says developing Wrangell's new visitor brand was a breakneck process out of necessity. The CVB used $45,000 of federal pandemic relief for the project, so they were working on a deadline. A lot of things people had been expressing, um, stakeholders in the industry, and then also other community members was concern over becoming like Juno or Ketchikan, and it's just sort of been this fear that's been there. The CVB launched the new brand earlier this week at the golf course-covered pavilion, inviting local government leaders and industry workers to celebrate. Tables are strewn with pins, stickers, and flyers laying out the highlights. The fonts, the messaging points, the logo, the brand colors. Colors are important. A rusty red, ochre yellow, and glacier blue feature most prominently. Borough Assembly member Patty Gilbert says she sees community history in the color choices. The colors are um, remind me of the original colors of the Nolan Center because they were painted uh, to resemble containers coming in. And I just love that. A logo redesign is also in the works. Wrangle is written out in all caps. It makes a slight S-curve, and the logo is more opaque at the W end, as if it was painted with a bristle brush. An eagle head on a totem pole fills the bottom of the R. The new motto, Travel Outside the Lines, is written in smaller handwriting script, which Leslie says speaks to the type of people Wrangle hopes to attract. We're after visitors, not tourists. So we're not after the Disneyland last experience. We're after those that are willing to spend a little more, but go off the beaten track and have an authentic experience and understand that it's a little rough around the edges, but what you see is what you get. And once you get here, you'll get it. That resonates with Gilbert. She says she's a fan of the brand's sentiment. Visitors welcome, tourists, not so much. <laughs> I've been giggling about that tagline for because that is wrangle that is wrangle to be clear potential wrangle visitors won't ever be seeing that statement on an instagram ad but it's a cheeky idea meant to inform what messages do get sent out to the public one of those things that sets the town apart those who make their living in tourism are digesting the new message. Caitlin Cardinal is executive director of the Stikine River Jet Boat Association, which coordinates between cruise lines and local tour operators. I'm, I'm a little surprised at the, at the primary colors a little bit. Um, I'm still trying to like absorb that. But Cardinal says she's happy with the chance for updated and cohesive visitor messaging. I'm, I'm excited that we got the opportunity to have some funding to rebrand Wrangle because that that's pretty imperative. Um, I think Wrangle is at a point in its existence where we need to reinvent our identity. Borough Assembly member Bob Dalrymple says he's kept copies of regional tourist magazines throughout the years. He says this design revamp sets Wrangle apart from the usual cliches. But everybody for the last five years had some big grizzly bear, brown bear on their cover. As a former district forest service ranger for Wrangell, Dalrymple does add he believes Wrangell has the best bears. He says that the town needs to distinguish itself, and Dalrymple says he thinks the new brand is effective on that front. It, it pops different than other communities, which I think is important. He's also excited about the opportunity to come out and celebrate the community in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. Wrangell needed some uplifting thing, you know, uh, opening into the future.
The covered pavilion at Wrangell's golf course filled with chatter and the smell of frying burger patties. All the food and the flowers came from local vendors, a sort of who's who of Wrangell restaurants and caterers. It was a little slice of Wrangell, with not a chain store or franchise in sight. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. People in Dillingham showed up for Bristol Bay's first ever Pride March earlier this month. KDLG's Izzy Ross reports. In Dillingham, rainbow flags cover the landscape. Desi Bond is a Pride March organizer and spoke to about 50 people in the Bristol Bay Native Association parking lot. I am so happy to see everybody. We're all here. Um, this is something that has had to, I feel like it's had to happen for a long time. So this is really exciting. <sighs> I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm so glad that everybody's here that showed up to show support, to show love. That's one of the biggest things and I'm just, my heart is really smiling. So thank you so much. So what we'll do is we'll... People walk along the bike path down the hill toward the harbor. I have two moms and I'm supporting them and stuff. That's soon to be sophomore Caitlin Bond. Bond says she's also marching to show that people shouldn't be treated differently because of who they choose to be with. Like my mom taught me that love is love and be who you are. People turned around at the harbor and headed back up the bike path. Many were marching because they wanted to show support for the LGBTQ community. And because in Dillingham, visibility is especially important. Silas Newman, who just graduated from high school, says it's easy to feel isolated, but there are lots of people to turn to. In Dillingham at times, you can feel so alone. And then these events just remind you that you have people and you have a community that will support you and uplift you at times. Desi Bond's planning for the march began in May. She says it's something that's needed to happen for a long time. I mean, we just wanted, especially our youth, to know that they're accepted and they're loved and that they're safe. They're safe with a lot of us, and the turnout here was, it's just, it's proof of that. As the march wrapped up, one of the organizers, Amber Webb, moved to the front of the crowd to speak. She says a lot of people are working to reclaim culture. Our naming systems in Yupik culture never did recognize gender. They never recognize gender because, and I, I believe that that's because our ancestors and our elders understood that, that that part didn't matter. It was about who people were and how everyone fit into the community and how everyone contributed. Webb hopes the Pride March becomes an annual event. She says the more it grows, the better it is for all of us. In Dillingham, I'm Izzy Ross. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. Mm-hmm.